And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. Candace King is back. Do you know that you are a super fan favorite on this podcast? On a side note, you are the most listened to episode of all time. I have people on the weekly reach out to me going, are you ever going to have Candace on again? Are you going to ever have Candace on again? And I'm like inside secretly being like, uh, uh, do I want to tell them? Do I want to tell them? I'm like so excited. So literally like, the number one episodes. This is so special that you wow. are back on the podcast for a part two, kind of a super bloom Candace, if you will. I don't even if know if that will. made sense, a super bloom Candace, but I'm going to go I'm with also it. just, I like part <laughs> of me just wants to make like, I'm so glad all those bots I hired to listen to the episode really paid off. Thank goodness. I thank you for the bots because those bots got me great advertisers. So thank you for your bots, Candace. Yes. I really appreciate that. No, but I, but seriously, it. But yay. That's so cool to know. No, it's such a treat because it, it's the, and the, the people that write in and that ask about you and stuff. It's not just like superficial stuff too. Like I've had a lot of people that are like, oh, is this person coming on? I'm like, eh, you want to do that because they're popular or because they're on a hit show or whatever it may be. Your fans, your followers, your friends, the people that go along on your journey, I think that they are super evolved humans, and I know this, and the questions that they write in and that they've asked, you know, regarding our episode, I just was like so blown away. They're just really, really, really kind, evolved humans. And or and or bots, uh, maybe they're the bots too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I really oh, just I wanted to start off and thank you so much for coming oh. back on and and this is so appropriate because I feel like you know you're going through this brand new phase of your life. I'm in this brand new phase of my life and going back and listening to an old episode that we did, like one of the first back in it's not even that far back, but 2019 feels so far back that feels like a lifetime a lifetime ago. ago when I looked and I was like I want to know the exact date so it was like September 4th or something 2019 I thought oh wow we were just about to hit COVID you know come January February March and I had no idea that the world was going to completely change and how much everything just kind of like blew up out of nowhere. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. That's a different episode. But we have evolved so much in just three years. And I know yeah. that you have. And I, I I went back and also on a side, on another side note, I went back and I listened to the episode because you gave such great advice on motherhood. And I don't even think you realized because it, it was before you had your second baby. Um, you had only had one and you were a stepmom at the time. And I think that I just, I learned so much from you. And now I just want to learn even more from you because now you have a second. Now you have a new baby, your Super Bloom podcast that we have to get into. We have to talk about what is your life like now? What What is What's been going on? There's there's so much. Where do you even want to start? Should we we start on what it's like being a new mom on your own doing this and being a super mom? Because yeah. <laughs> I just I have I am so overwhelmed 
doing this and I'm currently five months postpartum and I don't know how you continue on and do all the things you do. How do you do it? How can you give yourself a break? <laughs> I guess is the I real mean, question. The truth is, yeah, no, it's really, you know, day by day, month by month, year by year. Uh, I mean, I think that there's also, and thank you for all the kind things that you said, by the way. Oh, and I actually, geez. now I want to go back and listen to that episode because I think that we do, um, you know, the the lack of sleep in parenting is real. Right. I think there was a study lately that says you don't go back to feeling like fully yourself and get a, like a normal person's night's rest until the kids are about six. And that's uh, if everything's just like smooth sailing. Right. I was about to say probably until your youngest is or something, but then you worry about yeah. college. <laughs> yes. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's even more stressful because you're like, are you okay? Um, Are you making good choices? Right, uh, right. But I, yeah, I think that, you know, even just having a second child, it was really funny. I'm, you know, when, when um, my co-parent partner, I don't know how to refer to an ex-spouse these days because it feels weird to say like ex, you know, like I know. I'm like it, some high schooler. Like, that's yeah, what I was about to say. Like, it must feel like childish. I know, it feels yeah. weird. Right. So yeah, like, you know, my uh, co-parenting partner in uh, life, um, when we decided to have a second child, you know, it really was all within the plan and initially when I had my first child um you know her dad was traveling for work and I was working and filming in Atlanta on the Vampire Diaries and so it was kind of a non-traditional way of bringing a child into this world oh I didn't know that you were still on Vampire Diaries during the second baby Oh, wow. Oh, no, first baby. Oh, first, first baby. baby. Okay, no, first yeah. baby. First right. baby. So we, we we were apart. I was working like crazy. He was working like crazy. So the second time around, we were like, you know what would be so nice? Like, we're here. Like, this is a great year to, like, have a second baby. We'll just try it out. If it doesn't work, like, right. you know what? We've got so many trips planned for this year in 2020. It's going to be great. <laughs> and let me tell you, I took a pregnancy test. Like, literally, the the world shut down. And on a, like the, when it was, when the NBA shut down and we, you know, had already kind of like tried to have a baby and we were like, gosh, could you imagine that would be terrifying. (gasps) Two weeks later, I'm staring at a positive pregnancy test and I was like, oh my, like this was the curveball. Like, you know, I wanted us to be like together in one city, but sheltered in place at home, fearing a global pandemic was maybe knowing uh, what was going to happen extreme and having no idea. Yeah. Um, it was really tough. Like I, there's a, there is a sisterhood of, I think the experience of like finding yourself in, in 2020, you know, with child and just trying to figure out like, wow, okay, this is a curveball. Even people, anyone I know who had a child at the beginning of um, the the year and into the pandemic, just that kind of isolation, because you do, you do need support. You need a support system when you're a parent. Um, You just do. It doesn't matter if it is the two most like able, you know, to be there, co-parents who are just champ, the best at life and best at parenting. Um, They even need support. Sure. Uh, So it was just a very bizarre year to, you know, trying to support all of our children and each other. And then also just really going into protective mama mode. It was the first time I had out of both experiences that uh, I never experienced any postpartum with my first child. You know, I'm very grateful. I didn't experience any postpartum 
with um, the birth of my second child, mm -hmm. but I definitely had, I forget what it's called, whether it's like prepartum depression. Well, like yeah, there there's perinatal, perinatal um, anxiety disorder. There are so many names and I've been taught them. So you think at this point I would be educated enough to say it, but I'm not educated enough to say it because I've got well, what I like to say. You also have a five month old. So sure, sure we'll yeah. go with that. That's <laughs> yeah. the excuse as yes. to why I'm not educated <laughs> enough. Um, it's my, it's what the show is about, but I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, but you had it before, but I, as you should, because you were living in an environment where you're like, what is going on? The world is crumbling outside. I'm creating this baby. It's going to come up. I am sure at the time, the hospitals, you didn't know, do I have to wear a mask? Are they going to allow my partner in the room? You know, are they going to allow mm -hmm. my other children in the room when this happens? Am I going to be there alone? Like, who's going to be my support system? So I'm sure you had anxiety pre-going pre, pre going into it because of the unknown. Well, also other children in the house with other needs. Right. You know, like, I that was a big hurdle for me to get over emotionally was the reality that we had teenagers in the house that also needed like to be outside mm -hmm. you have to needed to yeah. see like they they biologically need to be around other people their age right like right. having a conversation with a medical with like a psychologist and a medical expert of like this is necessary to their emotional and mental health just the stimulation and they need yeah yes and because they, they were in in a you know on computers from 8 a.m to 3 p.m oh, only coming downstairs once for lunch we were homeschooling our other child who wasn't around other kids you know right. um my my preschooler or kindergartner and because she's also asthmatic so I it was just this constant state of anxiety and worry and trying to control everything that was of course it was in, impossible to control it was out of control and up, it was course. just it was out of control and I couldn't even find like sanctuary and going for a walk like I would start walking and then I'd have a mask on but I couldn't breathe and it's so hot we were living in the valley in LA yep. and you know it's a hundred degrees outside and you're just trying to walk but keep a mask on and then yep. people are fighting and yelling in front of you because someone was jogging without a mask on it just felt like constant like a constant heightened state and um it I really I'm so grateful that I had a psychologist I was doing like phoners with every week. I also had a doula who was working with me on the phone, who was just, you know, really showing me different practices to bring down my heart rate, bring down my like stress and anxiety levels. But I hit a point where I just, I was in bed for a, like at least 48 hours, if not 72 and just wow. needing to be like, you have to calm down and eat now. Like you have to, stop we got like I just I binge watched all of like selling sunset like, I didn't want to speak to anyone <laughs> yeah. I just needed to like I just need I couldn't to just veg out anymore what what yeah. trimester were you in were you in the first second or third second I was in my second did you yeah. find that once you got out of the second trimester you kind of got out of that 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 funk if you will yeah I did I I, I don't um I think there were a couple things I had to give permission to what our family needed to mm -hmm. which is like we you know there was a kindergarten school that we had our child go to you know and that was like a relief in a way a breath and of fresh letting, air a yeah. breath of fresh air allowing like our older kids to also have 
you know, they're safely with tests. I mean, I, I sure. the amount of money I spent on COVID testing on the, oh, like, I, that year was I can wild, only, but it I was the only, only thing that calmed me down. Yeah. It was, uh, and I felt very fortunate. You know what I mean? Like right. we were really lucky. I could afford all of those, um, you know, I could afford the testing. I could also afford uh, the emotional and mental health support uh, right. at that time that not everyone could. Um, but those were the things that, that kind of, that helped. I also like had arranged a weekend for, you know, friends, a small group of a few people to come and stay at a house for a weekend of my girlfriends. Oh, and we all so got nice. like insanely tested. And that just was like that little boost of like, okay, we get to like honor this experience and see each other and hug each other. It's normalizing life at that time. Yes. Yes. And it's bizarre to be like at this point now looking back, you're like, wow, that was a different world. It you was know, such a different all... world and not that far ago and not that long ago. And, you know, I, it's I, at this point, I, I just it just feels like this really bizarre nightmare that and like this bizarre, like nightmare dream that somehow, you know, we all somewhere walked through. But um, right. but I yeah, it, it was not it was just so funny because I just was so thrilled to have a second child and thinking like yay this is the year it's all part of the plan <laughs> and like you know even when you plan things out did you feel in your first child that that you during the second trimester was there anything weird for you where you felt or you never had any of that because I think it's the reason why I keep bringing this up about the second trimester is that's when I actually had the hardest time um in my pregnancy and that's when my highs were higher and the, the, the in quote unquote bipolar disorder, if you will, came out um, in the forefront. And it was interesting to me because every single mom that I talked to would say, oh, are you just giggling all the time? Because the second trimester, that's what happens. You just giggle like everything's so fun and like everything's easy. And for me, that was by far the hardest time of the pregnancy where I was like, if I can't get, if, if this continues on like this, I don't know how I'm going to continue on with this pregnancy for my own mental stability. And as soon as the third trimester hit, it went away. It was just like bizarre almost, like how fast. So I actually have never heard another mom talk that the second trimester, that there was even anything other than just like the happy giggles and life is like, great. Obviously you had the pandemic that you, had the anxiety that that was already brought on upon you. But but I didn't know if, if that happened in the first pregnancy as well. No, I, I, I had it more, I think, in the initial, like the first 12, like the first trimester is where a lot of my anxiety kind right. of rested. Um, I'm someone who really doesn't like to talk about the fact that, like, anyone who even tells me that they're pregnant before they've hit 12 weeks makes me so nervous. I just want to go like, la, 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 la. Um, oh, so nervous. And so I, yeah. that's usually like where my anxiety hits. Um, I, I think I was more distracted this mm. in 2020 <laughs> this time with everything that was sure, going on. Sure, that makes sense. Um, that's why. But yeah, no, right. I, I had like such a good pregnancy that first time around, which is wild considering how much I was working and on my feet and I was on a plane every two weeks, you know, um, to travel to see yeah. like my, you know, at the time my husband and, but it was almost maybe like a distraction in the best possible way. Yeah. It was a huge distraction. Um, yeah, but the, but I, 
Yeah. Keeping but busy. But I definitely like this experience the second time around. Um, it's interesting. Like my pregnancy was so like very easy the first time around, um, medically speaking, until the birth. And I still had a great right. birth. It just everything just got a little murky. Um and then my second sure. time where the pregnancy was really stressful and, you know, uncomfortable and I couldn't even, I wasn't outside and moving my body very much. And it was, but the pregnant, like the birth was amazing. It was like my dream birth, even though I gave birth in a COVID right. testing room. Wow. Oh my gosh. So now was your husband at the time yeah. allowed to be in the room with you? Yeah. I mean, well, they didn't really have much of a choice. Like I literally, I, it was very quick, it, which is very normal for second births. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and just had contractions. And luckily my, my mom was in town and prepared. And so she was able to be with, you know, our, oh, wow. um, our oldest of the, I call it the big and the littles. She was of the, of the oldest of the littles. Uh, she was able to be with my daughter, Florence. And, um, and yeah, I had it some contractions and then I was like, did you let the doula know? And he's like, oh yeah. And then I, and then I was like really in pain. And then I was like, I, is, did you, did you call back? Like what's going on? He's like, no, I text her. And I was like, it is three in yeah. the morning. You call her, you call her right now. Um, yeah. and, yeah. uh, I yeah. immediately, the doula is like, you need to go to the hospital. And so we get in there like a movie. I'm screaming and they're like, they rush me into the, they're like, we need to test you for COVID. Let's go in here. And as they're getting me undressed and trying to get all the things, I'm like, they're like, okay, well the baby's coming. And I was like, I know, I know I want the drugs, but I don't want the drugs, but I want the drugs. And she's like, no, 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 there's no time. Like the baby's coming out yeah. of you right now. <gasps> yeah. No. You're kidding me. So you didn't even have time for an epidural. Oh no. And I, that's what I wanted. I wanted an unmedicated birth. That's what I was chasing this entire time. But, but of course, by the time. Right. And, and whenever it's at the, if everything is going the way it, you know, physically should be going, usually when it's hitting, like you can't handle it anymore. It usually means it's all about to happen. Like, you know, and, and so, and I was right. at that point right. where I was like, no, I can't do this. And, and they were like laying me back on the table and I was like, I can't, I hold it. I, I can't do it. And, and a nurse, like she literally got in my face, like in between my legs, like got in my face. Cause also the nurses are yelling at me, like, don't worry. We've caught a baby before. Cause my doctor wasn't even there. She was trying to oh. get there from a different floor. No, Yes. So I've got like nurses yelling at me. like, don't worry. We've caught a baby before. And I'm like, what? I want drugs. And, and so, but I was panicked. So she just like popped up in between my legs and like, got in my face and oh yes, my and god like, like a movie get it together she's like you can do this she's like i need you to hold it you cannot push stop pushing if you push when you're not ready then you're gonna rip in half so you hold it until i tell you to go and oh i just my like god. okay and then so i waited a few seconds and she was like push and then i pushed her out and one push she just like plopped out and and i the funniest thing i just was like looked at joe and i was like i did it and he was like you did it and we were like high-fiving and the nurse oh. was like hey do you want a picture of your baby or and we were like oh yeah okay like we were yeah yes yes oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes yes we want Please, the baby too the baby. Uh, we just like, I, I could not believe that after all that on your first birth though did you have an epidural or no i did and it was at the last minute did you feel like any difference like obviously there was a difference right you didn't feel a lot 
opposed to feeling everything the second time. Now looking back, I think she was right about to be born. And I just like the doctors were like, hey, I got transferred from a birthing center because there was meconium in the water, which basically means that the baby's been stressed. And so they've released like it's essentially like what comes out of the baby, like their first poop, essentially. But if it gets in the water, they can inhale it. It's really dangerous. And 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 so we had to be transferred. And that's when everything like really sped up. Now looking back, I think that like I could have absolutely had an unmedicated birth that first time if there wasn't so much chaos within the room. Because once I got the epidural, that's when the heart rate started dropping, which is very common with epidurals. Um, you know, and so then then that all got chaotic because there was already meconium in the anyway. It just turned into like everyone doulas and husband. And doctors and nurses were all just like yelling at each other. And so um, a lot of conversations. Yeah, a lot of. But I was on drugs at that point. So I was like, guys, it's fine. Everything's going to be chill. Everything's chill. That's what I I, I wonder, because for me, you know, I had preached for an entire podcast season, I'd like to say um, uh, that I was not going to have um, an epidural and I was going to do a natural birth because my mom did a natural birth. And I had trained mm-hmm. in hypnobirthing mm-hmm. and had a coach and did the whole nine yards. And push came to shove. When I got to the hospital, I had to get an epidural at eight and a half centimeters because I, it was not progressing far enough where the 10 was hitting right away where it was like she's going to pop out. And I had a back labor, which worst. meant her head yep. was stuck on my spinal cord. So every time I was having a contraction... It was so weird. I wasn't feeling it in my stomach. And I'm like, shouldn't you feel it in your stomach? Like, shouldn't you feel it in your stomach? And I was feeling it in my back and I was getting paralyzed every contraction. Um, so I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand. I couldn't lay down. Everything that I was doing was in such pain. And I had a contraction on my spinal cord when they were giving me the epidural. And I had to breathe through it and not move. The hardest. And that thing. was for me like the hardest thing and it was also my like mind over matter because I just remember looking at my husband and I was looking at Sturgis and we were doing our breathing and I was like in a hypnosis and I didn't move the entire like time and they're like just a little longer and I'm like Jesus this is the longest like five minutes of my life you know it was just absurd but I I I was not I didn't feel like a failure after the birth but when I gave into the epidural while I was in labor I just was, tears were coming down my eyes because I was like, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I can't believe that I did this. So, and I know a lot of, I've talked to a lot of women who have felt that way where they feel like failures. And so that's why I always wondered, you know, what it would be like to have an unmedicated versus medicated. And here, someone like you has done both. Like, did you feel like, oh, I did a better job because I did not have the medication or at some point it just doesn't really matter. It's just like what's healthy for the baby. No, I mean, look, healthy baby, healthy mama. I think that like, I think mothers having an opportunity or birthing people having an opportunity within the room to have a voice is like an element that can get lost sometimes in a lot of like hospitals and medical care. And so I think like, if 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 that I feel like that's the most important thing and also like we live in a modern age where like if 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 things are not positioned perfectly and it is paralyzing you or if if there is danger to you or danger to your child or you're just not someone who wants to have an unmedicated birth 
that is totally fine. I think it, you know, I, I didn't, at a certain point you have to just not oh like the process is not going to be like perfect for everybody and also when I did have an unmedicated birth it wasn't like yeah I birthed better it, it was more I was chasing that natural high right. in the experience of it and I will right. admit I got that like right. the cool thing about what I enjoyed of an unmedicated birth is that it's just how the body works and I'm kind of slightly obsessed with it like you know, the rush of blood down to, you know, the pelvic floor and the pelvic area, you can't feel it because it's numbed out because it's so, so the doctor's able to stitch you up. So it actually like didn't hurt at all. I didn't tear because I could feel all of my contractions. I could feel when she was starting to come out, you know, you, it's, you, it's the connection that like being able to feel everything while very painful is also like what helps you through the process. But on the other side of it, like, Right. I was up, you know, walking to the bathroom within 15 minutes. I was up and like eating crackers. I had the jolt of wow. energy that, I mean, I felt like I could run a marathon. Like I was up all day. I, we, we brought music, oh candles, gosh. like fake candles, not real ones. But we, we like, it was just yes, the most yes, relaxing, <laughs> beautiful day. And I just like that the rush of endorphins were absolutely what I was like chasing and was so cool. But it didn't mean that I was like, better at it but isn't it wild how our body works like how that literally what I love it it's so cool I am fascinated by it and I'm just and it's I, I've been having a very slow recovery process still postpartum because I have to do pelvic floor therapy once a week like there were a lot of issues and I I tore and I was hemorrhaging oh gosh, and I was in and out so of the hospital scary. there was a lot of stuff that happened and it was it's and it's so scary and it's still so scary, but it's just fascinating to me because I had no idea that our bodies were capable of so many things and and being able to heal ourselves. And I've never been more in touch with my body. And I'm sure you feel the same way, where you just like every little thing, like even now, just something as silly as like getting a cold or something like that. I'm like, oh, I know what my body needs, like instinctually, which I never thought I did before, you know. I never knew, but I, I, I truly feel like very in touch. I know every orifice of my body. I can say that. Well, now. and that also lends itself to parenting in a way. I mean, it's, it's, you know, yes. and regardless, I think of whether you give birth to a child or not, I think, which is what is really incredible is when you have that really close connection with this little being that you're taking care of all the time and you, and you start to it's when you can start to trust your intuition and not like question it. You know, it's, it's the yes. same thing as, you know, knowing like, Oh, this is just a, a fever from teething. And I know some people say that babies don't get fevers from teething, but like I, and the two that I've had, it really lines up and you know what I mean? And I did. Yeah. <laughs> don't know what to tell you. Um, but like, and trusting that intuition, like, Oh, that's not a cold. I think that's just a teething. And actually their stomach hurts. And I think it's because it, and all those things of not convincing yourself that you're overthinking it. I think when you can actually trust yourself within right. the parenting and realize like nobody knows what they're doing. I mean, I think the most difficult thing right now is parenting within an age of social media. It's like, there's so many positives to it. Oh because my gosh. If you do have questions on how to you know, on products that are available for your babies, or if you're recognizing that your kids are having certain types of tantrums and you don't know how to 
talk with them. You know, there's so many great um, websites and social media accounts that you can follow for just really great parenting advice. And and there's a place that you can go for yeah. comfort. But also on the flip side of that, it can just feel like this constant comparison of like, well, that's what they're doing. And why doesn't my life look like that? How can they sit and cook breakfast and look perfect in this photo? And I can't even how? like, you know, remember to put deodorant on, you know, like, and I smell myself like how? And so that's the difficult right. thing that right. I feel battle right now. Well, there's a lot of fear too, like a lot of like preying on the fear of new parents. And I think it's interesting. I, I just had a like a parent in me class that I did and and uh, this morning and I talked about this with the teacher where we were talking about, you know, how all of us moms are very different. We're all mothering very different. And in our class, it happens to be three moms. And I said, yeah, I, I feel like the stress and anxiety, like, for instance, when I was postpartum, I had to wear a diaper myself, like my baby, for I think I was in it for six weeks, which a lot of moms were in it yeah. for like a week that they'd have bleeding here and there. Well, I, like I said earlier, I had, you know, not only torn, but I had hemorrhaged and I continued to hemorrhage for three and a half weeks. And I, they were oh talking about God. blood transfusions. I had, was in and out of the hospital. I take medicine. And then I had to have a DNC and um, afterwards, which it, it was crazy. It was like three and a half weeks. Was there still placenta in there? Or like what was, they just don't know? They, they, they had checked the placenta after I had delivered the placenta. And it was perfectly intact. So they think that there must have been some sort of, you know, like even the size of a little fingernail of a skin tear could have been in there that continually was causing clots. Um, you know, something like that. And I mean, it's like TMI, but there were like clot size that were the size of a liver That's coming out of me. So it was like constant trauma every single hour where I was like, oh my God, what's this? Oh my God, what's this? Right. You know, you're just like, every time you look down, you, you're seeing the worst and you're, and I still expect the worst every single day, even though I haven't had any bleeding since. Um, and I haven't even gotten my period. So I'm like wait, waiting till that moment happens, you know, that trauma of like seeing the blood for the first time. But it, it was interesting. Like I would see moms who had given birth around the same time that I did and they were like walking around and they were able to hold their baby. And I remember just crying and crying and crying because I would feel like, why can't I hold my baby? Because after 10 minutes, I would be so lightheaded because I had so much blood loss that I would have to hand lady over to my husband or to my mom or, you know, to someone, whoever was at the house, because I was afraid that I was going to faint. And I just remember finding TikToks, like when I would, when she would be breastfeeding or, or sleeping, and I would just find myself on TikTok, which I had never found myself ever scrolling. But I somehow, like some algorithm, some like robot found me and was like, you're a new mom going through trauma. Here you go. And it was the the best like blessing in disguise because I found other moms who were talking about um, blood clots that were talking about hemorrhaging that were talking about tears that were talking about not being able to hold their babies because for the first month postpartum I now looking back at it I can't tell you things that happened but I grabbed a microphone and I started recording conversations just myself like of myself talking. So I could remember these things. And I just, 
there, so there was the flip side of the positivity of knowing there were other moms out there that were going through what I was going through. But then there was the other side of seeing moms that I knew that were able to hold their babies and able to do things and able to cook. And I was just like, you know, yep. like how, you know, and it was like, you should be doing this. And there were a lot of, you know, like the websites and the books. Oh, at this time. But it was the same sort of thing that I had to realize Hey, you know, I was also being told, to, you know, in the second trimester, like it'd be, you know, rainbows and fucking butterflies. And for me, I was on the verge of having a mental breakdown, having to go into a hospital, you know, so you can't follow along. But that's why I wanted to do, you know, this podcast of like talking about the real shit that goes on in, in parenthood, because I don't know if it's talked about it enough where it's okay to have these like feelings that are maybe scary to admit out loud, you know, you're not alone in it. And that's what I found in, in the TikTok, like finding this like community and on Reddit where you feel heard and it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy, you know, that it's, it's out there, you know? So it's the plus and the minus to, to the whole social media. And I really feel though that that's just the, if that's a, like a lesson in long-term parenting, is that it's the same thing as, you know, mm. even the word, the idea of like super mom or super parent, like it doesn't exist. Like you, no one can be Clark Kent no. and Superman. Like Clark Kent will always be needed at work while Superman, while like Superman's always needed in the sky and you can't be in both places at the same time. That's so true. And so it's really just taking it day by day. Like there are some days like today, I feel like I'm actually a pretty great fucking mom you know what I mean like I know my kids are good I know that they're yeah. safe I know that um they're loved I know that I was able to make a music class right before this I know that I'm able to make a girl scout meeting right after this um and then there are other days Amazing. where I'm like <laughs> I'm totally forgot forgot everything forgot to like send the yeah. snack to school forgot that you know I forgot to get groceries and now we're just eating pizza you know from the freezer for the third day and like there you're gonna have good times you're gonna have bad days and if you can really just quiet and it really is turning into like are my kids okay am I okay are my kids okay is the roof right. over the head right. like is there food on the table or can I provide those things absolutely and, like, that's gonna be enough sometimes but like you you know it's it's so wonderful that you were able to find um other people who were experiencing what you were experiencing and also recognize like there is a community for that. And there's also a community for people who are actually like doing yep. great because something will come up. We're thriving. We're thriving. And it, it yeah. ebbs and flows. It waves, you know, it's like some, and then you're going to turn around and you're totally. gonna be like, actually I'm thriving right now. Today is a great day. This week is a great week. And when you recognize someone else going through a hard time, right. that's when you can say like, I'm here to listen. What, what, what can I do to help? You know? And I remember that it was bad. And, and I think that that's, it's so true because I have been so, you know, blessed with, with my daughter being an, she's been an amazing sleeper since day one. She had colic for a little bit, but like we knew what it was, you could recognize. And it was like, okay, we know what this is. Like there's a solution to this problem, you know? But I've been really, really, truly blessed of like being a great sleeper, being a happy baby, like napping on the go, like she can nap with drums playing in the background and she can nap, you know, like out at, out at the Grove, like having a great time at the mall. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's really easy. And it's like, yeah, I went through a lot of shit, but you know, there are people that are now going through stuff that, you know, 
may not be talking about it or maybe having a harder time and they are like slowly saying things and now it's my turn to be there for them as people yeah. were there for me at that time, you know? And, and you're right. It's like it ebbs and flows and it comes at different times. You know, I wanted to ask, like, what has it been like for you now being, you obviously are co-parenting and have a wonderful relationship with, with you know, your co-parent co-parent partner um (laughs) co-parent partner um but when you are alone on the daily you know with two girls what do you do for your own you know mental health and your emotional you know support where where do you find that how can you like is there anything that you've learned through this time that you can share with other parents who are maybe doing this on their own um, and are just starting out on doing it on their own, like how they can get through it. Like what's the, what's been the best thing for you? Oh man. I think, um, look, I, I will say like, I am very lucky. Like I am co-parenting with a great co-parent. I think that that automatically helps. I'm also in a position that we are able to afford childcare. So we are able to continue to work right. and I do have like an element of support when I need that. So that's, that's fantastic. Um, but I think it's harder, you know, it's always hard. I, I would assume for a lot of people, it's hardest at the beginning just because it's all brand new. You know, it's, you right. get into such a routine right. when you're, when you're living under the same house co-parenting with someone. And when you're no longer under the same roof, it's just a very different routine on top of just that, you know, regardless of anyone's circumstances, like it, still sad you know and so you're kind of processing it all and trying to figure out this new routine um a couple things are if well it must be like a death right i mean like in a sense you know of course yes yes 100 percent um 100 percent uh there's you know i think with you grace that's been like my mantra word is giving myself the gift of grace and, you know, I, re- I just remember yeah. even, you know, I, I'm in a rental house and which I love. It's this really magical house and it's really special. And um, and it's yours and it's mine. And I needed a like I needed a dining room table and I it, or like a kitchen table. And it didn't come in yet because, you know, everything's been delayed for the last couple of years. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And uh, and I had that moment of just like could have felt really sad and like it's bad and it's not good good enough and it's not like perfect and and instead it's like no we're picnicking on the floor you know that's okay it's totally okay Mm. we're having adventures it all looks a little different but it's okay um and also you work with what you've got and the table came in very soon after (laughs) we were fine everyone was fine right right, um and then accepting help when when if you're not very good at that like really accepting that help you know I had a friend fly in and help Mm. me move in I also there are certain things that I knew I couldn't keep up with and so I had people come help you know like there's like task grab it you know is a great option if you're just like I don't know how to I can't yeah change all these light bulbs and all these things and get like get this curtain rod up and get the tv up like you ask for help I had friends come over you know I've had friends come and like even on Halloween at Halloween. And so I'm able to like help pass out candy and then there are trick or treaters and then we go trick or treating. And and so it's when people show up for you, just accept it. And then also when people aren't able to show up for you, that's okay too, because they have 
things going on too. And so it's just recognizing like, yeah, it's giving yourself grace. It's giving the whole situation grace and knowing that like it's a tunnel and it's going to feel really dark. Yes. And then there are going to be little glimpses of light. And scary. And it's going to feel scary. And then you're going to find the light at the end of the tunnel. And then you're going to be in the light and you're going to be like, this is amazing. And then because it's life, there's going to be more tunnels. Like this isn't the only tunnel. Um, Right. But if, but it's just once, if you can put one foot forward at a time and not just like sit there too long in it, um, that's been really helpful. That's the most important. Yeah. But I, but I really had, I've been so lucky um, with just really lovely support and, and just like in emotional supportive friends that I just got to know here. Cause I also had moved to a new city. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that what what you're dealing with is even more anxiety ridden for me like because I just think of I'm I'm really good at meeting friends and and getting new friends but I feel like a new city would be very scary for me like that that would be very hard has that been almost has it been easier because you've kind of get to start anew all over in a new city with new people you know new family like it or has it been jarring like I I just I I don't what what's that like a little bit of both I mean I think regardless of any life circumstance that you're in um you know I I find that a lot of a lot of people I speak to find that moving to a new city is really stressful and it just doesn't really stress me out I don't know I'm someone who travels by themselves I'm someone who goes to events by myself I'm someone who like is totally fine yeah. doing things on my own. So because I don't, because I'm like, oh, well, I'll just meet someone. I'm very, I'm very like. You're an independent woman, girl. You're an independent woman. My favorite place in the whole world is like an airport bar. Cause I'm like, oh, I get to meet new people and like bug people sitting next to me and talk friends. Ooh, world travelers. <laughs> I love an airport bar. I love an airport bar. That's amazing. Um, I will be there, sit there for like three hours just by the end of it, just like crying with like Cheryl next to me being like, oh my gosh. And I'm like rooting Cheryl. for you and your sister and you guys are going to figure it out, Cheryl. <laughs> you know, like got to catch my flight. That needs to be a, that needs yeah. to be a good Hallmark movie, like the airport bar. Like, I mean, it'd be a great, yeah, Netflix series. Um, But so moving to a new city yes. doesn't scare me, you know? I, I moved a lot when I was younger. I moved a lot yeah. in adulthood. And so that that doesn't scare me. And I and I really like that, Um, you know, for all of our kids, they've had the experience of moving. And I don't know anything else. I mean, when I was born, I was born in Houston. My parents lived in Atlanta. I lived in Memphis, like, we were in Orlando. We moved to multiple houses in Orlando. And since then, I've been in L.A. multiple times. I was in, you know, in, in Atlanta for a long time, in Denver, and and, and now Nashville. Like, I'm, right. just, I'm moving right. to a new city. I actually think that everyone should, ha- should have that experience at some point. Yes. And I moved a lot as a kid, too. So I feel like, but, but that's what I think is so funny and, and different from us is, like, now I'm like, you know, my husband and I talk about it all the time, like, I don't know, maybe we should just get out of L.A. and maybe we should go somewhere, especially during the pandemic. I think that that was the conversation a lot. We realized as a, that, he's not an actor, as an actor, I didn't need to be yeah. in Los Angeles anymore. There is no audition. Like, there is no, you know, the in-person interviews. Like, but at that point, we could be anywhere we wanted to be. And as as an older more like aware of my environment person and especially now i think being a mom i'm like well what would i do like how would i meet other moms like how would i have a life 
But I get, and I was never scared like that when I was younger. When I was younger, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to Vancouver. Great, awesome. Going there on my own, gonna figure out a whole brand new city, gonna go to Atlanta, gonna go here. So that's why I just, I just give you major praise because it's something that I'm so fearful of now being a mom, like change. And I'm usually so good with change. So I think that it's awesome and it's just gonna make, your life for your girls so much better. It's just, it's good to be in different environments and just learn and see different seasons too, I think is so important. <laughs> and see different seasons. But also like, I mean, so much change comes with parenting. I mean, I'm sure you've even noticed in five months, you're yeah. like, oh, well, it'll be crazy when they can hold their head up. And they're like, wait, it'll be crazy when they're doing tummy time. It'll be crazy when they're eating solids. It'll be crazy when they're crawling. And they do that like, Everything and happens one happening. month after one month after yeah. month. It's this constant change. And as they get older, too, um, it just never ends. Like, you kind of are always, you know, going yeah. with the flow. It's funny. I was at, like, there's, a, like, an indoor play area that I take my youngest to. She's almost two. And, uh, and like, there's a mom there, and her, like, little boy around the same age came up and just, like, pushed her down. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. He's in a pushing phase. I was like, it's fine. Like, and she's like, I'm just worried he'll never be out of it. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he will. Like, he will. This is so short-lived. <laughs> Don't worry. Like, even him, like, pooping his pants, that's just a phase. He will be out of diapers one day. <laughs> like, then you'll have another thing to worry about. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it, there's always, yes, like, yes. something <laughs> else around the corner. But will it be over? I don't know. <laughs> but will it be over? I don't know. I know a lot of adult men that still shit their pants, so I'm not quite sure about that, Candace. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Some of them just don't learn. No, but I love, I absolutely love this for you, and I want to, you know, get into a Super Bloom podcast because this is your new baby. I was so lucky enough to come on as a guest and, and be a part of this new beginning for you. What does a Super Bloom mean? How did you get this well, name? A super bloom is, uh, it is a botanical phenomenon that occurs in uh, dry desert landscapes. And in order for Ooh. a super bloom to happen, there has to be a super unusually wet rainy season. So it has to like be this insane Ooh. amount of rain that like, in like a what down the, pour like of a rain. Downpour. It has to feel so fucking heavy. And because that's what gets like farther and farther and farther into the soil and into what they call the soil matrix, actually. Ooh. Uh-huh. And it in in order for the seeds to be nurtured, you have to have that heavy downpour of rain. And that's what allows them to get enough water to have the ability to grow all that journey all the way up and break through and super bloom all at the same time. And it usually happens like more often than not, like every decade it's, you know, it doesn't happen every single year. Uh -huh. And what was interesting is um, I don't know if you remember in 2020, the California poppy super bloomed that year. That's right. Oh, I didn't realize That's that was a super, a super bloom. bloom. Yes. Yes. So it, and then all of the influencers ruined, ruined it, it because just they all showed it. up and took fucking pictures. <laughs> yeah. And then all the super bloom died. You're not supposed to walk on top of a super bloom. Yes. 
you're supposed to just admire it from afar. Um, you know, I, I did actually take my daughter. I know. But I do remember that because it was all over the news. Yeah. I actually took Florence out at that time because we were just inside going nuts. And- you were one of the crazy people. I was one of the assholes. Yeah. But we did not walk onto the flowers. <laughs> like we weren't doing a photo shoot. Good. Thank we did you not for clarifying. Do that. I know. Because we were we all just, mad. We drove there. <laughs> we were all mad. They have little like walking paths <laughs> that they hoped people would stay on. So right. we saw yeah. it and <gasps> it was so beautiful. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. cute. You have a picture though. It was though, really, they're... really beautiful. Oh, and so uh, and so, but that's what it is. And I and I and so my hope was to have conversations with people who have been through really tough times. And and often when you're sitting yeah. in those moments, uh it feels like, wow, how am I ever going to get out of this? Like, how is this serving me? You know, why is this happening? Right. You know, how am I going to find the strength to be come out the other side of it? Sure. And usually those are the moments that you look back on in life and go like, wow, I was fucking strong. It's the same thing as even going back to when you had to hold yeah. still for that epidural while you're being paralyzed by a fucking contraction where you're like, how am I going to yes. do this? And, yes. and then you look back in the whole experience of yes. your birth, which also had, I'm sure, a lot of other moments, but it was that the hardest moment of it. You're like, yes. that was my like, fuck yeah, I can, I, I'm doing it. Look at me. I can I'm gonna do, do this. And, and, and that I right. think is what is so like beautiful to be reminded of of people who are on the other side of really tough times in their life who are able to reflect and go like, wow, yeah, I don't know if I actually could have accomplished the things I would hope to do. I didn't even know what I I wanted out of life until I had been through these moments. And, and so that's kind of the hope of my sit downs with guests who are joining me. I mean, you so beautifully were willing to share in your experience of, you know, deciding to, uh, yeah, you know, course. your journey through becoming a mother of like, okay, I'm going to get off medication. Yeah. I am going to assemble a team right. around me. I'm going to really look at like my bipolar mm-hmm. disorder and say like, okay, you and I are going to work together somehow <laughs> through this process. And, right. and right. yes, and we gotta. go really within <laughs> yourself. And do you, like, do you feel now also five months in and like, do you feel like you're, like, how do you feel knowing that, like, that was a really scary path to take looking back? Well, you know, it's interesting because I still am on that scary path because I have not yet gone back on my medication because I'm breastfeeding, uh, like, exclu- exclusively breastfeeding. Um, and, and I, you know, there are a lot of women that have, um, that will go back on their medication um, and will formula feed. For me, it was kind of one of those things where the decision was if I am able to breastfeed, um, which I was not sure I was able to because my mom could only produce breast milk for six weeks. She couldn't produce anything after that. So it was one of those things where if I'm able to, I'm going to continue breastfeeding and then I'm going to decide, hey, I'm going to evaluate. Should I get on my medication? Should I not? So far, knock on wood, I have been doing fine. I have not had a manic episode. I have not had any meltdowns or any sort of outrages or outbursts, if you will. Um, So I am going to keep on breastfeeding once I start introducing solid foods to her. Once I start 
you know, feeding her other things, then I'm going to see how my hormones regulate, how everything goes back. Because there's also, you know, I, I was lucky I did not find I had any postpartum um, anxiety or mood disorders that had come along, you know, afterwards. Um, but that being said, they also say once you stop breastfeeding, your hormones regulate again and that you could get postpartum depression after that. So it's something that I'm still aware of. It's something that I'm still cautious and like tiptoeing around. Like I feel like I'm tiptoeing uh, like, uh, like a like a cartoon, you know? I'm like going around the TNT bombs and I'm like, wait, can I just make it to the end of the railroad right now, you know? Um, so once I hit that, I'm going to see like what, you know, what happens and, you know, evaluate. And I've talked to, you know, many doctors and they say, you know, you may not have to go up to the dosage that you were before. You know, you may have to go, yeah. it evens out, you know? Sometimes, you know, there's, you know, I, I my my friend um, who's comes on and does a bunch of special episodes with me on the podcast called Beauty in the Brain, he's a neuroscientist. And, you know, he says, you know, we have created neuropathways in our mind and because you got on medication at a certain time and, and you're getting off, you know, you have may have created pathways where you don't need to get back onto your medication at the dosage that you were at, you know, you've been able to control. Now, who knows? We're going to see what happens and, and I will, you know, let everyone on, you know, who's listening know the journey that I'm going on because I want to be honest, but I have a lot of friends who live with bipolar disorder and as soon as they gave birth, they went back onto their medication and just didn't breastfeed at that point. They just did formula. For me, it wasn't a choice what I wanted to see if I could breastfeed first. Um, and that's kind of, you know, it's a day by day process. And I, and then, like I said, like, I'm very lucky. I have my mom around me. I have my husband around me. I have doctors around me. I have friends, you know, it's, it's recognizing that I have that support system that if things were going off the deep end, yeah. they would be like, Hey, check it around. Now you're a mom. You have a responsibility. You need to put your, you know, oxygen mask on first before you take care of ladies. You know what I mean? And and so I have those people that have been able to check in with me and regulate and kind of just like shake me yeah. up if I need to a little bit, you know. But it but it is tough and and it is it's a lot. It is a lot, you know, mm -hmm. it's a day by day process, as it is for everyone. For everything, for, yeah. whether it be parenthood, whether it be, you know, being, you know, in relationships, being not in relationships anymore, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, everything is a daily process. And I think that that's something that we're not alone yeah, in. Yeah, I will say, like, I'm just now feeling a little bit more normal on the parenting front with, um, I forgot that, like, once they, at least in my experience with the two that I've given birth to, that, um... I, that by the time like even my youngest is almost two I'm sleeping better I am more myself like you know what I mean like wow. and and she's more independent yeah. you know what yeah. I mean she can actually sit there and like and be engaged with a bunch of toys for longer than just a few minutes like she walks you know what I mean she's not I don't have to like freak out and like hover over her all the time you know what I mean and so yeah. um right I feel right. like once you get closer to that too, you just start to recognize yourself. I forgot how just, it really is. It's beyond just the fourth trimester. It's beyond just that first year. It really is those first two yeah. years where it's just, everything's just happening so quickly, so quickly. And they, you have to be on guard right. and on point all the time. So um, 
I feel like it'll be interesting to, to like, like, you know, a year and a half from now for you to look back and just like, to see what happens. Yeah. How have you been able to, you know, you have been working and doing movies and TV and stuff like that. How was that for you being a mom and being able to also be a career woman with acting? Cause I have not worked yet since giving birth and you know I've been slowly going back and being like okay well I'm gonna start auditioning again and doing that kind of stuff but it's something that I'm very fearful of of oh my god like that time away from the baby that time away you know how were you able to manage that and when did you feel okay you know what I'm ready to get back like I know that I can or did you ever not feel that 100% confident I always feel that way like I want to get back um, because I just, I, I, I do like, that is such a part of my identity is working, um, my personal yeah. self identity. Yeah. And so I panic sometimes and I just like rush into it. Um, but what I've learned even in moments where I have been back working and, and as a working mother is like, you just realize I'm no matter what, I'm going to be at work and I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to feel bad like I'm missing something. I'm going to feel bad that I should be home with my kids. And then when I'm home with my kids, I'm going to feel like I really wish I was on set right now working because I really like working. I I do too. I love it. And so I know. So at this point, if I'm working and I'm enjoying it, and or even if I just know I'm not enjoying it, but it's what I can do to put as a job because it's also like providing, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that, you know, just because we work in right. the arts doesn't yes. mean we're always just like so artistic. Like it's also like this is a job, you know. Um, it's also like bread and butter, <laughs> bread and butter. Um, and so you know that part helps, but also I've had to really just it goes back to that that word and that mantra of just grace. Like I, you know, it's okay. It my kids are gonna be okay if I know that they're taken care of, if I know that they're loved, if I know that they're safe. Like it is 100% okay for me to be be at a workplace and focus on work. Usually the times it goes wrong is when I try to bring it all together. Uh, And like, I try to be like, oh, well, Mm, let me have the nanny bring my kids to set. And then I can, and that's where it goes wrong. Like, nope, I, I go to work, I focus, I come home. And the other thing is like, when I'm working, I can't come home and be everything else. Like I can't all of a sudden try to Mm -hmm. like, arrange like dinner plans or like stay you know it's like you it's okay that's when you've got to like I mean and these are also we don't work traditional nine to five jobs that give us a routine so so of course when you have more of a traditional job you can get into a routine where you carve out space for maybe your family and for work but when you're working as an actor or any kind of element of like a film crew or you know something that isn't a traditional nine to five um, it's going to be more difficult, but look, my oldest knew mm-hmm. sign language. She was a baby that was taught sign language by my nanny at the time. And I didn't know until there was a babysitter wow. that told me, wow, your daughter's really good at signing. And I was like, she doesn't, she just moves her hands a lot. And she was like, no, 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 she, it's sign language. Let me show you. And she took a video, had taken a video of it. And I asked my nanny at the time, and this was for Florence when she was a baby. And I said, did you? your sign language by chance she's like oh yeah she's really good at it I was working so much I mean I had night nurses at night because I had to sleep on my turnaround I I mean there'd be like three days in a row where I wouldn't see my own baby 
because she was asleep when I was leaving and asleep when I got right. home. And she knew sign language and I didn't even know. But you know what? We like I I'm a great mom. Like her and I have a great relationship. There is yeah. no like punishment. Amazing. You know what I mean? It's okay. Yeah. And it's okay to tell yourself no. when you're a really good mom, tell yourself you're a good mom. And none of this like hashtag mom boss, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. But just to like you don't have to scream it to the world, but just have like a moment of like, it's okay. I can, no. I cannot know that my baby doesn't know. Si yeah. I don't know that my baby <laughs> knows sign language, but you know what? I'm doing the best I can. I'm going to give myself some grace. She also knows Japanese, but you're yeah, not speaking yeah, exactly. her in Japanese. So <laughs> yeah. she's not, you didn't know that, but yeah, I knew exactly. that because yeah. I speak Japanese. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's, it's about, it's about giving yourself a positive yeah. affirmation and, and, and as woo, -woo and I used to like hate affirmations, but I feel like when I learn a hypnobirthing and I still listen to these affirmations on the daily, which is crazy because it's all about the birth, but it just seems to relax me and it relaxes the baby. So we listen to them. But I think that there is something really strong if you have those positive thoughts, even if you're having a really, really bad day, like just be like, yeah. forgive yourself. And you're right. Give yourself grace. Like I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to be okay. And I'm going to do this. And I feel like it's important because on top of, you know, just being a parent, also being a, a parent alone at home sometimes, like you need to hear that. And I, and sometimes I feel like we live totally separate lives, my husband and I, because he's traveling so much and I have to do it on my own sometimes. And it's like, it's overwhelming mm -hmm. and vice versa. Sometimes he has to do it and it's it exhausting, yeah. you know, and you do, and you forget to give yourself yes. like that grace. Now, for you, do you feel like you're at this point in your life where you're like, do oh, I start dating God. again? Are you ready for that? Or are you like, no? Like, how would you, I, I don't know how you would even find the time. Like, I just want to like, kind of like find a husband and be like, here, just like, there you go, Candace. Like, let's just like put him in this spot right here. Like, he's a good dad. Like, everything's already set up for you because <laughs> it's exhausting. No, I am, I'm really, I'm like, I, I'm really honestly like the most important person I'm like working on a relationship with is myself. Amen. I love that. I'm, I am in such a good place, like getting to know myself and, and like, and, and also really, um, you know, just it's a lot of new and it's a lot of change. And so, you know, serving like, yeah. you know, the really leaning into the parts of parenting that I enjoy and even the parts that are really tough, but like enjoying that anyway, cause they're so fleeting Yeah, working on my relationships with other people, working on my relationships with like, you know, like this new podcast and like in business venture, like really asking myself what, what, what a lot of people I think have done post 2020 is like, what brings me joy? And also what is my intention on doing something? Am I doing something because I, it's the shoulda, coulda, woulda? Am I doing something because I feel like I'm just trying to make a quick buck and, you know, or like, what do I really, what brings joy right. to my life and how do I want my life to look? What is it? And, um, and I think yeah. sometimes, you know, as far as going back to oxygen mask, something that we can ignore sometimes is our relationship with ourselves and our own inner voice as, you know, as a, a woman. Absolutely. And, and so I, that's yeah. really like what I'm enjoying working on right now even if it can be uncomfortable sometimes and I feel like there's something really special about being in your 30s and I notice this with a lot of conversation with women yeah. who are in their like mid 30s especially who all of a sudden are looking 
like reflecting for the first time and like processing a lot of things that they didn't understand either was presented to them or happening to them in their 20s and like and even giving their younger versions of themselves like a lot of grace and and you know and healing and forgiveness forgiveness, um and so I feel like that's kind of been where where I'm at lately um but I also like you know another way that grace is really great especially as your kids get older and when you do find yourself overwhelmed as a parent my ultimate like favorite mantra that I say to my six-year-old is baby mama needs some space and grace space and grace I just need a little space and grace obsessed mama needs some space and grace (laughs) mama needs some space and grace it doesn't mean it doesn't mean like I'm shutting you out it just means mommy needs to sit here and just like have you sit right there, just yeah. just on the other side of the couch. I just need a little bit of space. I need a little bit of grace because I need to take some deep breaths because I'm overwhelmed <laughs> and overcaffeinated. <laughs> yes. And then now she catches on and she'll just be like, "Mom, just take a breath. It's okay. I'm just gonna sit here." And then she's like, "Are you good now?" I'm like, "I'm good. All right. Let's. What What do you need? What What can I do? What can I find?" I cannot wait till Lady starts talking and can oh, say so these fun. like funny it's little so one liners. Like it must be just the best. And then to hear like a baby go, it's okay, mama. You just need your space and grace. (laughs) Oh my God. I know it's the best. It is the cutest fucking thing. It is, it is the best. And also going back to what I've realized is in tough moments is I've, I've had a lot of like reflection going back to like reflecting on, you know, you know, a career path that I have found myself on and also like how our industry of like film and television and entertainment has changed so much during the pandemic and uh, just structurally and, and opportunity. And, um, and so I've like really been thinking like, okay, well, this is what, when I was, what did I dream of when I was younger? What did I dream of? And I always wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Oh, wow. Always wanted to be a mom. And so in those moments where like, you know, one's throwing, bananas on the floor and the other one is is like braid my hair and there's like elmo going and then like the tea kettles going and and like i've really found myself you know it whereas i might have felt a little bit more overwhelmed before i go like oh this is like the fun messy stuff that actually is like the good yummy stuff this is the momming that i always dreamed of having and like i'm in it right now and i'm gonna just soak it up Well, everything that you just described is like what I imagine like a funny scene in like a rom-com in the 90s would be, but like a family (laughs) rom-com, you know what I mean? Like the messiness and like, or like a holiday movie, like the, like not the depressing part of the family stone, but the really fun part of the family stone. Like that's what I feel like is exactly what you're describing. And I get it. Like that's, For me, I wasn't like, oh my God, I want to be a mom, but I knew I wanted a family and I didn't know what that meant. But it's that, it's that same feeling where even the like silly things when lady like poops all over me, like I laugh about it because it's fun. It's like that comedy moment where you're like, oh wait, this is like what I always envisioned what my life would be. And it's like so sweet. And I say that as (laughs) I see my mom, like walking, my mom's walking lady outside right now, like on her stroller. And I'm like, I always wanted that, but I didn't know if that, that, that meant I wanted to be an in quote unquote mom. Like that was what I wanted, but I knew I wanted some sort of family. And I look and I'm like, wow, this is everything that I could have ever wanted and more. Like take this moment to be like, we may not have A, B and C going on, but this is such an important blessing that a lot of people don't 
um, get to experience. And so you take that moment space of space and grace. And grace. I love oh my gosh. Well, Candace, I'm going to ask you my final question. What is your emotional support? My emotional support um, has been a squad of women um, from Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills, Potomac, um, all on the Bravo Network that is just keeping me going. And New York. Well, I mean, I haven't met the new ones in New York yet. Um, but that, I mean, that's my emotional support is um, honestly those fucking Bravo ladies. It's Bravo ladies because you're you're keeping me those going. Housewives. Bravo. Bravo. Fucking, fucking Bravo. Bravo. Oh my gosh, I completely am going to steal this one because that is such a support system of mine. I, literally, when she goes to sleep, she takes like a pre-nap before bedtime and, and my husband will be like, oh, let's watch something. I'm like, no, I want to yeah. watch Andy Cohen. Yeah. I want to relax. I want to watch the housewives yes. screaming at each other. This yes. is what I need in my life right now. Please get out of here. Leave, you know? Yes, these are my lullabies. This is my space and grace. That is your space, is and, my grace. space and grace. I am so thankful that you came on the podcast again. I cannot thank you enough. Like, everyone loves you. Yay. I love you. Like, you are just, you are such an inspiration for so many reasons. Like, I need to just have, like, a bite of you all the time just for this energy and this, like, goodness. How can everyone find you and how can everyone follow a Super Bloom podcast? I think I'm at a Super Bloom pod on Instagram. Uh, my personal is at Candace King on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I think it's I'm Candace King or it's Candace King. I don't know because Candace King was taken. But I'll um, find it and post it because your TikToks are great. So everyone needs to see them. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. Um but uh but yeah that's it you can if you go to at candace king everything's in my link tree on there um and i just adore you and 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 truly i'm so glad that we got to do this again so anytime. Yeah.